Uh, goal four is going to talk about the basic molecules of life with carbs, lipids, amino acids, proteins, and nucleic acids. So part one is going to differentiate monosaccharides with respect to their basic structure, source, and function. So monosaccharides is the most basic form of carbohydrates. They can be combined through glycosidic bonds to form larger carbohydrates known as oligosaccharides or polysaccharides. When they are hydrolyzed, they give off CO2, H2O, and ATP. A glycosidic bond is a bond with an anomeric co compound of one monosaccharide and the OH of another compound. It's a, an example would be an alpha-1,4 uh, chain. This would be amylose. So amylose is just two glucose monomers put together and they're linked via alpha-1,4. Glucose is the first monosaccharide we're going to talk about, and it is an aldose sugar. This means it has an aldehyde as its functional group. The structure consists of, six, of a six-carbon compound. The source is from the diet, and its main function is a major source of energy in our body. Important to think about glucose is that an increased concentration of glucose in the blood is observed in diabetic patients. When you have too much glucose in the blood, it gets excreted in the urine. These patients, their normal urine, uh, their urine contains glucose in it. Normal urine does not have glucose in it. So in chronic diabetic patients, glucose, which is an aldose sugar, is then converted in the eye to sorbitol, like it is reduced into sorbitol, which is an alcohol, which causes cataracts. Fructose is the next monosaccharide we're going to speak about. Fructose is a six-carbon compound. It's a keto sugar. The source is present in semen and the sperm cells in diet. Okay, the function of fructose is a high-energy source for the motility of semen and sperm cells. The importance of this is that we have a disease called hereditary fructose intolerance. This intolerance is a metabolic disorder involving defective fructose metabolism in the body. So our abil the ability to not break down fructose. The next monosaccharide is galactose. Galactose is a six carbon compound. It is also a component in lactose. The source is in the diet and its function is used for energy. The human importance is for gal classic galactosemia. This is a disease or a metabolic disorder involving defective galactose metabolism in the body. In this condition, galactosol formed from galactose accumulates and causes cataracts. How does this form a cataract? Okay, so when the sugar is reduced, it's going to be form an alcohol known as sorbitol, just like we spoke about with glucose, and then that's going to be converted into a cataract in the eye. Okay, ribose is a component of nucleotides. Nucleotides are the basic building blocks of nucleic acids, which cause DNA, deoxyribose nucleic acids, and RNA, ribonucleic acid. Ribose is known as a sugar. The difference is it structures a five-carbon compound. The three monosaccharides we discussed before, fructose and galactose and glucose, are six-carbon compounds. But ribose, you have five carbons. The source is in the diet, and the function is used for energy. The human importance is for deoxyribose, which is the ribose sugar without an OH group on the three-prime position. It's deoxy, so without an oxygen. And this is a component of DNA. It is a modified version of ribose, deoxyribose. This is the sugar component of DNA. Next, we're going to talk about glyceraldehyde and dihydroxyacetone. So the structures are three-carbon compound. The source is in the diet, and it's glycerol. 
The function is for metabolism and energy. The human important is an intermediate in glycolysis. Okay, so dihydroxyacetone is known as DHAP. We know that comes from fructose 1,6-bisphosphoglycerate. That can convert it to 3PG or DHAP. 3PG is 3-phosphoglyceraldehyde. So that's an intermediate in glycolysis. Next, we're going to talk about disaccharides and how they differentiate uh, different differentiation of disaccharides of nutritional importance from each other with respect to their composition and source. So disaccharides are carbohydrates or monosaccharides linked together. Two or more, uh, it's two units of monosaccharides linked through glycosidic bonds. Our first example we spoke about earlier is maltose. Maltose is two glucose monomers put together, linked together in an alpha-1,4 bond. The nutritional importance of maltose is that it is hydrolyzed of starch and glycogen as an energy source. So when you break down maltose, we could use it as energy. Isomaltose, which is a malt sugar, is the same thing, two glucose residues. However, it's linked in an alpha-1,6 branching region. This importance is it is formed when starch and glycogen undergo partial hydrolysis. The next disaccharide I'm going to discuss is sucrose. Sucrose is a cane sugar or a table sugar. Its composition contains glucose and fructose, so we know fructose is usually sweet. Sucrose, however, its importance is in sugar cane, sugar, beet, pineapples, carrot roots. It gives us flavor. The last disaccharide I'm going to discuss is lactose. This is a milk sugar. It is composed of glucose and galactose. Its nutritional importance is found in milk and dairy products. Lactose intolerance is a disorder involving defective lactose digestion in the GI. This is when you have people who are lactose intolerant. Next, I'm going to differentiate between polysaccharides of human importance from each other with respect to their composition, linkage, location, and function. Polysaccharides are carbohydrates with one or more one or more than one monosaccharide units. One or more than one type of monosaccharide units. So the first example is starch. Starch. The composition of it, it contains two components. The first component is amylose and the second is amylopectin. Remember, both of these components are made up from only glucose. Okay, so the first component, which is amylose, is linked in the alpha-1,4 glycosidic linkage. And the second component we spoke about was amylopectin. It's in the alpha-1,6 linkage. So amylose and amylopectin are going to be combined together in an alpha-1,4, alpha-1,6 branch and linkage. Their location is in the chloroplast in plants. Okay, so this is the plant's form of energy. Their function, starch is a source of dietary glucose, which is used as energy in the cell. Starch is broken down into glucose in the GI tract during digestion. Next, glycogen. It's composed of polymers of glucose. This linkage is just like starch. However, this is used in the muscles, kidneys, and liver in humans. This linkage is highly branched from many glucose residues joined by alpha-1,4, alpha-1,6 glycosidic linkages. Their source is the liver and the diet. Their location, I said, liver, kidney, and muscle. Their function is storage form of carbohydrates in animals. Glycogen is broken into glucose in the GI tract during digestion. Stored in human liver, liver glycogen can give rise to glucose, which is used to maintain blood glucose level. Or stored in human muscle tissue, where muscle glycogen is used as energy source for muscle contraction. 
The clinical importance is that we could have glycogen storage disease. These are a group of metabolic disorders involving defective glycogen metabolism in the body. Examples are von Gerich's disease, POMP disease, and Herz disease. Next, mucopolysaccharides. These are GAGs, also known as glycosamine glycans. Their composition are unbranched polysaccharides made up of repeating disaccharide units, and they are linked together in an alpha-1,4 branch. Their location are proteoglycans, which are proteins that contain covalently linked GAGs, glycosamine glycans, aminoglycans. Proteoglycans are found in every tissue of the body, mainly in the extracellular matrix or ground substance, however. So there's seven different types and functions that we can discuss. The first one are proteoglycans. They are a major component of the extracellular matrix or ground substance. We just spoke about it, proteoglycans. Next is heparin. Heparin is an anticoagulant. Next is chondroitin sulfate. This provides tensile strength, compressibility, and elasticity of cartilage. Number four is hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid lubricates and is used as a shock absorber in the joints. Number five is keratin sulfate. Keratin sulfate plays a critical, critical role in corneal transparency. Number six is heparin sulfate. So now we're going to combine heparin with the sulfate group. Okay, heparin sulfate acts as components of the glomular basement membrane of the nephron, which is in the kidney. It plays a major role in determining the charge selectiveness of glomular filtration. Number seven, again, heparin sulfate is not used for the kidney this time. It's going to be used as a component of the plasma membranes, and it's going to participate in cell-to-cell interactions. That's going to be all for part four for carbohydrates. I'm going to talk again about lipids. Lipids now differentiate the lipids of human importance from each other based on their composition, function, and location. Lipids are heterogeneous, hydrophobic group of compounds. Their importance in humans are used, one, for energy. They're used as an insulator, present in cell membranes, known as phospholipids, fatty acids, and cholesterol, contribute to semipermeability and fluidity of membranes, Act as a secondary messenger, fat-soluble vitamin, they are prostaglandins and steroid hormones, they can act as a lipoprotein, which transports lipids in the blood, known as chylomicrons, VLDLs, HDLs, and LDLs, and as polyunsaturated fatty acids, which are PUFAs, they're called. They prevent arteriosclerosis and myocardial infraction. So their composition and function. They're made of an acidic group, which is a COOH, a hydrocarbon group, which are just CH2 molecules linked together, and then a methyl group at the end, a CH3. Number one, I'm going to talk about fatty acids. They have a methyl group, an acidic group, and a hydrocarbon chain. Depending only on their chain length, they can be functionally divided into different types of groups. So short-chain fatty acids are the first one. They're made up of six carbons. Medium-chain fatty acids are eight to 12 carbons. Long-chain fatty acids are 14 to 18 carbon atoms. These are known as, or number 16 carbons is known as palmitic acid, which is the main one that we know how to talk about. Lastly, VLCFAs, very long-chain fatty acids, are composed of 20 carbon atoms or more. They are transported in the bloodstream by chylomicrons, also a type of fatty acid. Another example of very long-chain fatty acids are Ecospentonoic acids, which are EPAs, or docosexohenoic acid, which are DHAs. So there are different types of fatty acids. 
we have saturated fatty acids, unsaturated fatty acids, and polyunsaturated fatty acids. Saturated and fatty acids. Saturated fatty acids have no double bond in their structure. Okay. Examples include palmitic acid and stearic acid. Palmitic acid contains 16 carbons. It is one of the most common saturated fatty acids found in animals and plants. Stearic acid contains 18 carbons. However, unsaturated fatty acids have one or more double bonds. One double bond is known as an unsaturated fatty acid is called a monounsaturated fatty acid. And more than one double bond with an unsaturated fatty acids are called polyunsaturated fatty acids. The examples are oleic acid, linoleic acid, or linolenic acid, and arachidonic acid. Clinical importance for monounsaturated fatty acids and polyunsaturated fatty acids are they also prevent arteriosclerosis and myocardial infarction. So next, the structural components of the fatty acid is that they can be isomerized. So that means trans fats are bad, cis are good, and this is just talked about how they differ in their double bond. Okay, so unsaturated fatty acids exhibit geometric or cis trans isomerism. Cis isomers contain acyl groups on the same side of the double bond. Naturally occurring acids in humans are in cis form. These fatty acids form the important component of cell membranes. Trans isomers, however, contain acyl groups on the opposite sides of the double bond. Trans fatty acids are present in certain foods such as margarine and believed to be involved in formation of arteriosclerosis. Fatty acids that cannot be synthesized in the body but have to be supplied in the diet are known as arachidonic acid, uh, linoleic acid, and linoleic acid. This is omega-3s and omega-6s. It is essential in the diet. These are essential fatty acids. After fatty acids, I'm going to talk about triglycerides. Triglycerides are composed of a glycerol plus three fatty acids. Example are tripalmitin, glycerol plus three palmitic acids. Their function is used as a source of energy and storage form of lipid in humans. Their location is in adipose tissue, and their source comes from dairy products and meats. The clinical importance of triglycerides is the consumption of saturated fatty acids is positively associated with high levels of total plasma cholesterol and an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. Alterations in fat metabolism are also associated with obesity and diabetes. The next type of lipid I'm going to speak about is phosphatidylcholine or lectin. Their composition is a glycerol, a fatty acid, a phosphate, and a choline. Their location are components of the plasma membrane. The clinical importance is that it's dipalmitoyl phosphatidylcholine serves as a constituent of lung surfactants and prevents collapse of the alveoli during expiration. A deficiency of lung surfactant causes respiratory distress syndrome in infants. Okay, phosphatidylinositol is the next one, and this is a glycerol, a fatty acid, a phosphate, and an inositol. Their function is a role in cell signaling. Number five is sphingomyelin. The composition contains a sphingosphene, a fatty acid, a phosphate, and a choline. Its function is a structural lipid of myelin sheath of nerve fiber and helps to insulate the nerve fibers for faster conduction, conduction of a nerve impulse. Number six is a glycolipid. Glycosphingolipids are composed of cerebrosides, which is a ceramide monosaccharide known as glucocerebroside, galactocerebroside, and they are found in the brain and peripheral nervous system. Sphingolipidosis is a lysosomal lipid storage disease, 
which is a group of diseases caused by defective lysosomal degradation of glycosphingolipids. Examples are Gaucher's disease, Nyman-Pick disease, and Tay-Sachs disease. Number seven is cholesterol. It is a precursor of bile acids required for digestion and absorption of lipids. It also is a precursor of steroid hormones such as cortisol, testosterone, and estrogen. It also is a precursor to vitamin D. The location is in the plasma membranes, and its function is provides fluidity. A, deep, a deposition of cholesterol and other substances in the wall of the blood vessels leads to plaque formation, causing narrowing of blood vessels known as arteriosclerosis, and increases the risk of cardiocerebral and peripheral vascular disease, increased cholesterol content in red blood cell membranes, and results in decreased membrane fluidity. Membranes become more rigid. This, in turn, can result in hemolysis hemolysis of red blood cells as they pass through tiny capillaries. Number eight is plasma lipoproteins. They contain lipids and proteins, and they function to transport lipids in the body. The first type is chylomicrons. They transport digested and absorbed triacylglycerides from the intestines to other body tissues. Next, very low-density lipoproteins, VLDLs, transport TAG, triglycerides, known as, from the liver to extrahepatic tissues. The next one is LDLs, low-density lipoproteins. They transport cholesterol from the liver to extrahepatic tissues. A much stronger correlation exists between CVD, known as cardiovascular disease, and blood LDL cholesterol. So LDL is also referred to as bad cholesterol. Evidence suggests that oxidized LDL molecules are involved in the process of arteriosclerosis. Number four is high-density lipoproteins, HDLs. They transport cholesterol from the extrahepatic tissues to the liver. It is found that HDL cholesterol tends to reduce the risk of CVD, coronary uh, cardiovascular disease, hence referred to as good cholesterol. An important part about this is dyslipoproteinemias are a group of disorders with abnormal lipoprotein levels in the blood caused due to defective lipoprotein metabolism. Examples can be abetalaproteinemia, familial hypobetalipoproteinemia, and familial lipoprotein lipase disease. That's going to conclude the discussion about carbohydrates and lipids in the body. Next, I'm going to discuss the essential amino acids and how they function in the rest of the body.